0: Well, welcome back to Connection Point Church Online. I hope you got your Bible and you're ready to dive into John chapter 10. In the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the seven I Am statements of Jesus. They're found in the book of John. Each one of these statements reveal another aspect or character of Jesus. And as we discover more about the character of Jesus, we at the same time discover more about who we are in Him. Hey, When someone asks Jesus for forgiveness and they invite him into their life, the Bible tells us that that person becomes a new creation. It's in understanding the truth of who Jesus is that you begin to realize what that really means. Here's the deal. If you don't know the fullness of of who Christ is, then you'll never completely walk out the life that, that he invites you to live. Now, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. He didn't say, I gave my life for you to squeak by and barely make it into heaven. No, he he has saved you to the extraordinary. But to get there, you're going to have to know, uh, really, you're going to have to know who he is. And I can't think of a better place to look than his very words. Now, so far in this this study, we've looked at two of the seven um, statements. I am the bread of life, and I am the light of the world. This morning, we'll be looking at the the third statement, I am the door. So if you got your Bible, turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 10. In our text this morning, we're introduced to to that statement, I am the door. So let me ask you, what is a door? Well, a door can be defined as a movable, usually solid barrier for opening and closing an entrance. Any means of approach, admittance, or access. Third, any gateway marking an entrance or exit from one place to another. Now, if we were in the church sanctuary and we looked to the doors at the back of the room, we could say that those doors, lead, those doors lead into the lobby or that they lead out of the sanctuary. And if you're standing in the lobby and the doors are closed, you could say they represent a barrier to what's going on inside. See a door or a gate is, uh, is something that can be both a barrier as well as a passage. It can be used to keep something in and can be used to keep something out. Education is a doorway to knowledge. It's difficult to to gain knowledge without passing through the doorway of education or experience. In in life, we encounter doors of opportunity, as well as doors that are meant to to protect us. And and unfortunately, though, we also come across doors that lead to temptation. Simply put, doors mark an entrance or exit from one place to another. And as we've been talking the last couple of weeks, it's imperative to understand context. Uh, so today's text, although it starts in, in John chapter 10, is really a continuation of what's going on in chapter 9, where Jesus had just healed the blind man, and this blind man had been brought before the Pharisees, where he was accused at, and where he strongly defended Jesus. See, this man understood who Jesus was, but the Pharisees, the ones who had the knowledge of the word of God, did not. They should have known. They should have known that that He was the Messiah. But they were spiritually blind. At the end of chapter nine, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees, who are with the man who received both physical sight and spiritual sight because he had received an understanding of the identity of Jesus. So, so let's take a look at what Jesus says in John ten, beginning in verse number one. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and leads them, leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now remember, Israel was an agricultural society. And many of the people were shepherds, or at the very least familiar with the terminology Jesus was using when talking about sheep. Now, even if, they, even if they didn't at first grasp the full meaning of what he said. Now, in the first century, every evening, in order to protect the sheep from wolves and other predators, the shepherds would gather their sheep and bring them into sheepfolds. These sheep folds were basically a large pen or a fenced in area, and they'd look something like this. It would be made up of stone or even piles of brush. Typically, you would find these made out of rocks about five feet tall. And then there would often be thorny branches lining the tops of the walls. Think of this as kind of a precursor to barbed wire or or a razor wire fence. Now, now this design would do pretty good in keeping predators from being able to climb up over the top of the wall. Now, Now, if you notice in the picture from before, the shepherd has an opening for a door or a gate. Now, the opening that you see there for the the door would typically measure somewhere between two and three foot in width. It is where the sheep would enter in in the evening for protection and where they would exit in the morning to go out into the green pastures. Now, here's the important part uh, for you to know that in order to uh, really for this parable to begin to make sense. The opening, the small gap in the wall was covered with a door. But the question is, what kind of material was the door made from? Knowing the answer to this question brings much more clarity to the, to the meaning of this passage. So did the shepherd stack up piles of rock there at night and then remove them in the morning? Did he fashion a, a fence or a gate that he would prop up against the rock wall? Did he pile up large amounts of, of these thorny brush, similar to what uh, he would line the tops of the wall with? What was the door made out of? Again, the answer is paramount to understanding the story. Here's the answer. There was no door. So how does it make sense? How did this statement make sense to the people Jesus was speaking to? You see, the shepherd himself was literally the door. Now, every night the shepherd would sleep in the opening between the walls. He would make himself a fire, and he would sleep right there. Now, how would you like that to be your job? Predators were always after the sheep, and your job is to stand between the wolf and his dinner. Every night, it was your job to make sure that no harm came to your herd. But beyond just the the animal predators, there were also thieves and robbers. While you were sleeping, they would try and sneak in and steal from your herd. Jesus said, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. Uh, There were those who who claimed spiritual authority above Jesus. Remember that Jesus was speaking here to the Pharisees. It's believed that those Pharisees made the simple way of salvation so difficult that they were trying to make people climb up some other way. Jesus may have been saying to them, that instead, of, that instead of using the door, they preferred to use their own ladders and their own religious interpretations to climb over the wall. And Jesus was saying those other ways, they won't get you where you're trying to go. Now we're gonna talk more about that when we cover the I am the way statement. Now we, when Jesus said I am the door, the people would've, would've got what, what he was saying. It would've been very clear to the people he was talking to that he meant that he, just like the shepherd, was the door. But listen, instead of being simply a door into a sheep pen or a sheepfold, he is the door to so much more. What Jesus was really saying is, I'm literally the door. And and he really means um it really means it. The the truth of this parable of of Jesus is revealed when you start to think of Jesus himself as being the door. In saying, I am the door, Jesus is saying, I'm the door to the Father. I'm the door to to his house. I'm the doorway into relationship. I'm the door into protection. I'm the door to life. I'm the door to the banquet feast, the green pastures, to the greatest party ever. I'm the door into the safety and security of the sheep pen. And the door, I'm the door out to the green pastures and the abundant life of feasting that goes on in those pastures. I am the door. Jesus is not suggesting that there are several doors to relationship with God and that he's just one of them. Now that is the the common thought in society today. The thought process today is pick the door you want. They all lead to the same room. Maybe some of you have even tried that with your own life. The doorway that leads to to what feels good. I'll go through any door that leads me to get what I want and what I desire. Maybe you've said, I don't want to go through the doorway of Jesus. It's full of rules and regulations. I want to go through the door of living life. The problem is you're a little messed up in your understanding of what living life is. Many times people will think living life is about getting the next thing and they'll go through any door that leads them to getting the next. The next buzz, the next job, the next high, the next night on the town, the next vacation, the next fine dining meal, the next car, the next house, the next girl, the next guy, the next fleshly desire. When that's the door you choose in life, the door of next, you will find that your next gets you more than you ever thought. Your door gets you the next, the next firing, the next um, hangover, the next uh, bill that comes due that you can't pay, the next forgotten night, the the next. Um, relationship that crashes and burns can can i just say living a life of next will get you to the end of life with a debt that you can't pay see it gets you it gets you to the end of your life with this debt of sin jesus isn't saying that he's one of many doors that you can choose to life, He's, he's very clear in what he says. He says, I am the door, the only door to life. There's a certain exclusiveness about the door, and that doesn't really fit in today's day, where you see in this world it's not politically correct to maintain that there is but one door. There's one door into the kingdom of heaven. Now, the world does not like these words of Jesus that say, if you want in, there's only one way. And that's through me. If you don't like the, the way the door looks, the world would say just hop in your car, drive down to Lowe's and get a door that fits your idea. But Jesus is saying he's the only way. He's the door by which the sheep enter. People have tried to come up with all kinds of doors. But the fact remains there's only one door. Just like in the picture we looked at, that door is Jesus. Verse eight says, all whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Jesus tells us that you can tell a lot about a man's business by, by, how, by the way he, he gets into such an enclosure as the sheepfold. Jesus is saying, if the man does not use the door, but climbs over the fence, or over the wall, then he has no right to be there. Again, we'll cover that a little more in depth during the talk on Jesus' statement, I am the way. In saying that I am the door, he not only presents an exclusive claim, but listen, also a universal invitation. He says, if any man shall enter. He, he, he's saying, look, you've, you've tried over the over the wall, You're climbing over the wall time and time again, but all you've done is cause yourself a lot of pain and suffering. That razor wire on top of the wall, it's a pretty painful thing. He says, come to me, all who are weak and tired and heavy laden, for my burden is light. Maybe you've tried to climb the wall and have found yourself unsuccessful each and every time. When will you stop trying to go over the wall, under the wall, through the wall? Walls aren't meant to be passageways. Aren't you tired of beating your head against the wall only to see the wall still standing? Jesus is saying, here I am. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. God's word tells us there is a huge chasm that separates us from God. And the only thing that can bridge that gap is Christ. Just like there is no way over this chasm without Christ, Jesus in this passage is painting a picture that there is no way over the wall. If you want salvation, you must enter through the doorway that is Jesus. The door is only a benefit to you though if you walk through it. But here's the beauty. If you enter through the doorway of Christ, there are wonderful things that await you on the other side of the door. Psalm 118 tells us in the New International Version, Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. Who's righteous? All who have been made clean by the blood of Jesus. The great news is this. This door will open to anyone who will turn their back on their sin and walk in. Your response to Jesus as the door determines your eternal destiny. All who enters will be saved. Just as the Israelites had to enter through the sheep gate if they wanted forgiveness, today you too must enter through the sheep gate of Christ. Through the door of Christ is salvation. But that's just the beginning. The day you walk through that door, It does mark the end of an old life, but more importantly, it's a day that marks the beginning of a new life where you are one with Christ. When you walk through the doorway of salvation, on the other side of the door awaits the marvelous. Not only is there salvation, but there is also unmatched prosperity and welfare. Not the kind of prosperity and welfare the world would have you believe in. No, this prosperity and welfare is far greater. Look at verse 9 again. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus promises security. He's saying, I am your protector. Anyone who enters will be safe. He says, "He says we, we will go in and we will go out. And in this statement, Jesus is saying all that enter will be satisfied. That's because Through this door, we find His abundance. We find His abundance. We find His provision. Although the invitation is universal to all, it is also conditional because it is only for those who actually walk through. Jesus isn't going to make anyone walk through the door. If you don't enter through the the door, it simply becomes yet another wall. And Jesus said, if you enter, you will be saved. He said, "If you come through the door, there is liberty and freedom." He said, "You shall go in and out." Jesus said, "If you come through the door, you will find pasture. There is sustenance in Jesus. There is rest in Jesus. The problem is many have stopped at the doorway. Maybe you've come to the door and said, "I've made it. I've crossed the threshold." Hey, when a a couple gets married and the groom carries the bride through the threshold, it's not over. You don't stop right there and say, well, we made it. Church, there is so much more that awaits you on the other side of the doorway. You can have freedom from your past. Many of you are standing at the doorway with a a hand reaching to your past, trying to hold on to what you used to be. For me, that, that person I used to be isn't someone I want to ever be again. So I'm walking all the way in. I'm walking in through Jesus. In going in, I'm allowing him to lead me. Lead me out into the pasture. I'm following his guidance. There is freedom knowing that my provision comes from him. There's freedom in knowing that my protection is in him. There is freedom in knowing that he says nothing can separate me from his love. There is freedom on the other side of the door. But it's only available to those who walk through it. If you've been trying to get into the pen of safety, into the pen of freedom, into the pen of rest, into the pen of security by going over the wall, in other words, by finding your own way, I'm gonna guess you've encountered some pain along the way. I wanna encourage you, stop climbing the wall of your way. Enter through the door. If you've never walked through the door of salvation, won't you make today the day? Message us right now, and we'll walk, you, walk with you through the door. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We are so thankful that we've been provided the perfect door, that in you we have protection, in you we have salvation, in you we have rest, in you all our needs are met. Today, I pray for all of those who have tried climbing over the wall, but are now making a decision put their, to put their trust in you. Father, I ask right now that you would make known to each and every one who has made a decision today that they are under your care and protection. Help us to daily trust in you and to learn that the doorway is not only the best way to go in and out, but it is the only way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, thanks so much for.